down. Let's try it again. Nope. <laughs> and it's over. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics. We're the Top Chef podcast from the creators of the hit podcast, Read It and Weep. I'm your host, Alex, uh, here in Portland with Megan. Hello. And we have, a, we have a great panel with us today. Chris and Tanya are on vacation, but we are joined by our uh, half of our L.A. crew. New Sarah is here. Hi. Sarah. Hi. Uh, Kyle couldn't join us today. But in the place of Kyle and Chris and Tanya, we have new double parents. Ez and Sarah, <laughs> and sometimes in the background, Caleb and Maya. Welcome back, you guys. Yay. Yay. We're tired. Sarah, are you so excited to be eating soft cheeses again and deli meats? Oh, yes. Delicious. Mostly, well, actually, I did not stop eating soft cheeses, but the deli meats have been great. Uh, yeah, and some sushi. I had more of. Yeah, I had more I'm sushi. Sure. I had a little bit of I'm sure the other wine. parts about like your, like your bones slowly exploding oh. would be uncomfortable, but losing soft cheeses and deli meats for the same year just seems rough. That's what. That's why we don't lose the soft cheeses. Second time around, we say <laughs> screw that and we eat them. That's what, and second children end up being so much stronger for it. Yeah. Yeah, man. She weighed a whole pound and a half more yeah. than Caleb did. And that's all soft <laughs> cheese, basically. A pound and a half of cheese. Uh, well, we are we just so excited to have you back. Uh, and uh, we have kind of a heartbreaker of an episode. Where this is season fifteen, episode eleven of Top Chef. And it's the first part of the finale, a part one of four of this extended Top Chef finale this season. Uh, we're in Telluride, or as they call it uh, in Colorado, the Colorado Alps. No one calls that the no. Did they really? Um, uh, that's what I call it. It's the Colorado Alps. It is uh, Alps. It's uh, an old. Alex has been to Colorado like a few times. And so. not only is this a made-up thing, I can't even pronounce my own joke correctly. Like I just tried three times to say Colorado Alps and never got it. I can see why this is not going to catch on. I, I feel like you're just like pitching this to everyone around you, like while you're in Colorado. It's like, hey, this is a great Colorado Alps. Here's a question: Is Colorado Alps? Is Colorado really the demonym? Because that is so awkward is, to say. Colorado. What would you say, wow. Coloradoian? Well, no, there's nothing Colons. better, but it's <laughs> well, there's something better. Ezra just Colorado. Colorado. So. Uh, all- and I can pronounce it, so that'll catch on when I go to Colorado. <laughs> the Colon Town. <laughs> Uh, so we're in, in Telluride, which is an old west town, so they go into an old-timey saloon uh, with the mm-hmm. king of weird eggs, Chef Wiley Dufresne. And <laughs> well, now he's that the king of donuts out. and coffee. That's true. He's all about donuts. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Guys, wait. I'm sure Wiley's done this, but could you, like, just, like, okay, cut, like, a... Uh, Put a donut down on a frying pan, crack an egg in it, and like kind of have like a like a bullseye, like toad in the hole type thing with a donut. Oh, that sounds good. Could do it. Would that Sweet work? Safe reaction. I think it would work. I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought I had the uh, like the most brilliant idea for a new food the the other day. Uh, the everything donut. Turns out a lot of people had that mm. idea before me. Some mm. of whom own donut shops. Oh, so you're really late to this game. I was so excited. Put a bunch of savory seeds on a donut, or make them out of like candy sprinkles or different, like every color of sprinkles. Everyone's they've tried it. It's all been tried. Yeah, a lot of people try this everything donut. You want to try? Uh, wait, wait. See, I'll give you the rest of the episode to figure out uh, uh, a donut trend that people have not yet done. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's a challenge for and you. And then I'll pick pitch it to Dews, which is Wiley Dufresne's new donut place. Um, I am super interested in this. Sarah, you said that very confidently. Have you been to Do's Donuts and Coffee? Oh, no. I just, we just watched the episode this morning, Uh and I said every time Wiley is on here, he's like hawking a different business of his. Yep. Yep. In his little intro tag. And I just was struck by the fact that he's doing a hip donut place. I mean, I assume it's hip. It looks super yeah. hip, and I'm assuming because of him, it's got some weird stuff, some weird flavors. Um, but what I don't looks- like him. <laughs> I'm going to come out on the record oh. and say I do not like Wiley. Interesting. Oh, man. What, what is it? A long time fan of the show, Wiley's going to be crushed by this. <laughs> what I just, I get a weird, I don't know, guys, I get a weird vibe off him, but his notes are always good, and I'm sure his food is really good. It's just... All of the restaurants and things that are advertised with them when we're on there, they never sound 
interesting to me. I mean, definitely mm-hmm. looking through the Instagram of Dew's Donuts and Coffee, oh. they look pretty weird. Um, but I can kind of get into some weird donuts. It looks a lot like this donut place in Portland called Blue Star that we live near that is just incredible high-end um, donuts. And it's kind of like that. But... So, um, guys, someone's done my fried egg thing already with a donut. Oh, <laughs> uh, did they do it with the everything donut? <laughs> There's no new donut. No, this looks, this looks pretty good. So it looks like they like, okay, so it looks like they cut the donut in half, uh, fried an egg on top of it, like inside of it, and then like uh, melted cheese and uh, put bacon inside the sandwich, basically. Oh. That's pretty good. We're, it's okay to sometimes eat fruit... like have things that are more of nature i don't know guys i i i don't like i am a a donut fan but this conversation is making me ill (laughs) (laughs) you gain like a contact uh like uh uh, sickness from just the conversation i did have a cronut recently for the first time and uh as expected it's a little too much it's like, oh, I see yeah. why this is good, but come on, guys. Well, here's the problem. Did you just have one? Because I imagine it would solve itself if you have two. <laughs> I, I because have like you'd be dead. Yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't feel it anymore for a different reason. <laughs> um, what's that? Uh, is it that New York milkshake place where it's like uh, the milkshake, but it's like two feet of stuff on top of it? Was this, was this your attempt to brand Shake Shack? Is that what it is? What, <laughs> no, what's no, no, the, what's New York milkshake place you're thinking of? The next frontier is these crazy Instagram milkshakes. Um, oh. that have uh, like a whole piece of pie on top of them. Uh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like the way that Bloody Mary's got out of control, but the sweet side. Um, oh, man. Well, apparently there's that is, in Tucson. Oh, I'm going to this place. I'm going to be in Tucson in a couple weeks doing comedy. I'm going to go to this. Uh, that does look like a little place. unwieldy. <laughs> <laughs> this one has a whole donut just hanging on the straw. This has two different rock candy sticks. Yeah, this is... And and no one really needs one, let's be honest. Uh, Black Taps is, uh, I believe, the place in New York that is getting all the attention. Uh, Black Taps with the giant milkshakes. Anyway, uh, all of this (laughs) is just to set up the fact that our chefs have to make a dish inspired by and incorporating famous western town soda sarsaparilla the root beer-like pre-medicine medicine, which we spent a lot of time Googling before we started the show to, and only came to the conclusion that it's pretty much root beer, except that they're all made out of fake chemicals now. Um, so it doesn't really matter. But like apparently American sarsaparilla is made out of sassafras, like root beer, and not, as you would think, out of sarsaparilla. It's all the same. Uh, but they have, to, uh, they have to make a dish with that. They're, they're choosing their ingredients by this draft system. So they do a knife block, and then that determines the order. And then you just go in order picking from proteins, vegetables, um, other things, other sweeteners, sweetener, uh, and a hat you have to wear while you make it. And so you have to do the four, <laughs> the four things. Um, but yeah, they choose, which does seem like it gives a huge advantage to person one because they get four first choices. But then after you've prepared those, but before you cook, Southside Joe shows up wearing the shirt we all recognize from episode eight. Um, (laughs) did you guys uh, uh, as in Sarah did you guys notice that or did you see that part of Reddit I guess we didn't figure it out no No. Reddit noticed in the the cut of him standing in the door in shadow that shirt pattern he had worn before so everyone uh, if they wanted to be spoiled knew that uh, Southside Joe's coming back no I thought I got spoiled because Tom turned slightly to Joe when he said right before he said who won in uh, in yeah at the end of it oh I thought so I was like he's turned to Joe right looked like it was like a left a left uh, tom handed turn yeah his gaze was toward where he was stand where joe was standing yeah i was i mean obviously my heart was voting joe but did you guys expect that it especially when it was unanimous it i wasn't clear that the edit made it seem like joe was unanimously better not from the food i didn't expect it but i thought it was pretty clear in the in the turn yeah the stance yeah. mm-hmm. and there's also there was his gate when he was walking in i was like that looks like joe's gate it's weird how like under no other circumstance would i tell you that i'm really good at recognizing people's gates but as soon as someone's like walking into top chef i'm like i know who that is <laughs> um megan you didn't have it spoiled for you were you surprised um no i i don't think i was super surprised oh. Or I guess I I was just pleased. Yeah, I, it's so hard not to be pleased. Yeah, because I, I was excited. But so. And Seth said Joe, he gets this uh, cool thing where he gets to take one ingredient from each person and they don't get to replace it. So he gets super first choice and you might not have a protein. 
And then the challenge is to cook a, a dish uh, using those ingredients in the street for no reason. So... Yeah, they weren't like, oh. by the way, you're going to go outside. No, but did you... All of a sudden went outside. Did you guys recognize that? I think that... It was, it, was, it was the street that was foretold from the opening of the show, though. True. That yeah. is true. So... Padma and was again, the dress. note Padma's dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that insane wackadoo dress. I think maybe they cooked outside because they didn't have room for them to cook inside. That's what I, That's what I was thinking. They had to just like yeah. block off a whole street and cook it on tables in the middle of the street in this small town. Like, sorry, there's just no room in any kitchen here. <laughs> well, it's, it's you know, it's exciting. It's like frontiersy. Maybe they had something about it being like an Old West shootout that they didn't even... <laughs> Yeah, it turns out Old West shootouts were just recently accused of sexual harassment, so they had to get cut. Um, <laughs> no, S? Okay, that's fair. Um, I guess I was a little disappointed. Let's talk about the advantage. Yeah, Maya. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. First appearance Hi, on the Maya. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think most oh. most things will either be si- like most reviews of her will be either be silent or kind of creaky cries at yeah. this point. So, oh. well, but this is her debut as daughter of the show, Maya, <laughs> making an appearance on the podcast. Yeah, we haven't had a daughter oh. of the show yet. Oh, all right, uh, Sarah's going to handle this business. Okay. Also, just like uh, just like all of us, Kyle or uh, Caleb only has sisters. Yeah. So true. true. Although I'm pretty sure Maya has a brother. Oh, that's true. She ruined it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, anyway, so uh, I guess my first thing, let's talk about the advantages that may secretly be disadvantages, that old Top Chef classic moment. Um, as what did you think of the like the selection of ingredients and then Joe's cho- choices and, and that whole mess? Yeah, uh, I, I I didn't know what was old timey about this. I guess there, theft was a big deal in the old timeyness. Uh, um, and it's like he, she, uh, Padma did mention that a bank was robbed nearby, like 150 years. That's ago. true by a famous person. Uh, so all right, that's something. Uh, but no, I I, I I I like that they're like, hey, welcome back, Joe. Now we don't want anyone to like you, so now you can. <laughs> um, I was a little upset that the original original draft was not serpentine. Oh yeah, it's 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 too much of an advantage to the to the first draft. Yeah, it was like one two three four one two three four one two three. So so uh, Butterfunk got four first choices, uh, and uh, Carrie got four last choices, and that that it's was just, Adrian. Sorry, Adrian got four last choices, which um, it turns out did not matter, but it, at the time seemed vastly unfair. But then like Joe got to have that same thing, but better. Mm, yeah. yeah. Except he could only choose one from each person, so he didn't really have. Oh yeah, so he had one first, one second, one third, one wanted. fourth choice. Basically, it's the most fair. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Can we have more things to be serpentine? Yeah, I think the only disadvantage. Oh no! I just I just want more things to be serpentine. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, everything should be serpentine. Yeah. It's the only fair way. And now, and now you're next, Sarah. Sarah please. Ah, uh, God! I messed up this draft. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say the only disadvantage there to like the existing chef seemed to be so that someone was going to end up without a protein. But that was before I realized that they had a pantry outside. I thought stupidly that they just had those four things plus like oil and seasoning. Yeah. She did say very Um, basic. It was fine. Did we see a a shot of the pantry? I wasn't clear on what was actually in the pantry this time. No, I think it was pretty basic, but it at least had like bread and like other seasonings and stuff so true true um she well and as as is usual the secret disadvantage of not having a protein they they kind of judge you on a curve right they grade you on the curve so they were like this is so impressive and you didn't have a protein uh and like with joe they were like well this is the best you could do with all of your first choices so it does seem like they because of that it's weird to get an advantage yeah uh, so as soon as that, um, uh, oh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a text from beyond here. Some, someone has just sent me a text from beyond said the challenge was to make a gastrointestinal dish. Carrie is gastro pub as hell. <laughs> uh, when you say beyond, just, do you mean just an anonymous pie? source texting me. <laughs> okay. It's our own okay. top chef. D- <laughs> here. Uh, it's, it's not uh, but, husband what, of the show, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it could be. Okay. We have to protect our sources here. He couldn't be here today, remember? Um, but as soon as Carrie's like protein got stolen, and it was like a gastro pub challenge, I made a joke about how she was going to make a fancy toast, oh. and then 
She did. She totally did. She made the toastiest toast. Um, I guess that's the next big question. So the the, the overall judgment of all these dishes were uh, not exciting, but all delicious. Um, but then that gives that leads us to the toast drama. So um, with her second fancy toast of the competition, or second winning fancy toast of the competition, Carrie won. Um, Sarah, what do you feel about toast again? Are you mad at her for making toasts? Uh, you know what? I actually am not, and I think it's because I like Carrie. Yeah. Like, she seems to be I able like to Carrie pull it like off. Toast. Yeah, I like both those things, but also I, I feel like it's it's sort of like the Bruce of it all, right? With, like, the pasta. Like, it seems like she has leaned on this thing before. I guess it was only twice in the season, maybe. That's still probably too many times for fancy toast. Uh, but it seems like she's able to pull it off somehow. And if the judges are convinced by it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Totally. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to see her do something differently, but I don't think she would have done it this time had she had her full selection of ingredients too. You know, I think it was just like good thinking on the fly. Megan, did you have something to share? Um, well, first of all, I just, I wanted to note that she's only made toast in the quick fire, which I feel like is a little bit different. Um, That's a good point. I I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, I feel like with the quick fire, just trying to come up with something quickly that you can make quickly. Yeah. It's such a short notice without me. It seems like a good also. Oh, I should should also credit her. Her pitch wasn't, I made you another toast. She was like, I made you French onion soup without that pesky soup part. It's just (laughs) the cheese and crostini on top, which is hard to argue with that. That is, yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't really buy it though. They were like, "So toast." And yeah. She was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but she she <laughs> she stood by her dish. It was awesome. It was a great pitch. They saw through it, and then with a smile, she was like, "But no, <laughs> it was great." Um. Well, Katie wrote in to us and said, uh, "If Carrie makes it to the final episode, she's going going to serve a five course meal of toasts and probably win." Yeah. That see, that's the catch to me. Is the uh, uh, it's a great great uh, uh, twit tweet great tweet um but i i if they win i like if they're all amazing make toast all yeah. day. also her restaurant uh bardo is a pizza place uh like it seems like bread on bread with cheese on yeah. it is kind Have of you guys had carbs lately with cheese it's great out. yes carbs with cheese are so good uh, I was just I was hanging out on the uh, Top Chef Reddit where I like to lurk and they had there was a big fight about the toast thing and the one thing I do get is that like that Padma didn't say, ugh, toast again. Because uh, I feel like they were too harsh on the pastas. Maybe if she did it a third time, that would be the end. But I do feel bad for her having... Or I feel bad for Bruce getting such a hard time for... And also, also the uh, uh, Joe Stash, always ingratiating himself to the audience, uh, was complaining about her making toast again, even as he made the 40th uh, crudo of the season. Oh, did you, but but like, he, I pretty much... I think he was basically using that ice bowl thing, though. Did you notice? It was basically yeah, he ice did, bowl. He did the oh, ice man. bowl from the uh, Miami season. Yeah, that that thing where that thing happened. Yeah, he got a lot of. Credit Do you remember for that bowl of ice? <laughs> oh. uh, that was like it was like the first episode. They were on a golf course, and it was a chef from Miami, right? No, it was uh, Wasn't Jeremy. That last it was Jeremy Ford. Um, it was the California one, and it was Jeremy Ford. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it was on yeah yeah golf course. Totally. yeah they were on a golf course yeah yeah okay cool cool, cool. yeah 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 they were, they were just like so impressed that he kept it cold with the ice still so cold now it's like it's been cold for forever it's the eternal bowl of coldness <laughs> she she can make my point is Carrie can make me toast any day uh, and next time in Denver I'm gonna possibly go to Bardo and get some Italian toast or as they call it pizza the whole I mean. I think the thing that bothers me most about the toast is just Joe uh, saying mean things about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, I don't know. That's well, that's my main problem with the toast and I don't is, wanna, is his reaction to it. I don't want to um, start beef with longtime listener <laughs> Joe Stash. But, um, I, I would just assume that if we haven't explicitly I, heard they're not listening, we, they are listening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's my new policy. Um, but I guess I just... You know, he's been, uh, everyone on the season is so likable that when you complain just a little bit, it stands out and just by comparison. So Joe in any other season is like, seems like a pretty good dude, but on this particular season, 
he's come off a little bit broy and a little bit complaining about other people's dishes just because no one else is talking like that. So this was another yeah, moment. Yeah, I described. Yeah, the way I put it was like I feel like in the absence of a villain, like my villain hatred is being redirected towards someone who doesn't deserve yeah, it. Yeah, you're aiming it. You got your villain laser. And you're trying to figure out where to point it. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah, the guy with the the mustache. The villain mustache. <laughs> Can we talk about maybe as I would like your opinion as a facial hair uh, yes. haver and possibly connoisseur, um, which is like I feel like he's getting an awful lot of credit for everyone who shows up is like, oh my god, I can't believe that much, and all he's doing is uh, just not shaving. Here's the thing: I, I, would, I think it's, it's fair to say, like you can get like I don't know maybe like a hundred guys to not shave, and you will not necessarily get that stash, like. Like to actually have it like curl up at the sides and like, you know, oh. like that, that's not, that's not a, everything can do this right away. Uh, it's not necessarily that it'll happen for everyone, period. Um, it will take. But is that genetic or is uh, practice, yeah. practice, practice? Yeah. There's some, there's some product mm-hmm. involved in there. Ezra, do you think <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's, that's day one. <laughs> that's, 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 you say it goes from clean shaven to that stash. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 that why it's impressive yeah that's why he deserves everything he's getting has anyone done a a parody book a mustache grows in brooklyn uh i mean our donut things oh existed so uh, but i i mean <laughs> i was being i was being rude and flippant to you ezra i do know i actually agree with you though not a lot mm-hmm. of people can grow a specific thickness and like quality of a mustache grows in brooklyn to, like, totally exists like as that. a page I, so a beard grows in brooklyn others oh, yeah anyway uh, anyway, uh, I did. I was watching the Olympics the other day, and there was a ski jumper from Austria who had a mustache, and the announcers were losing their mind. The guy just flew a thousand feet, as far as I can tell, and landed without dying. And they were like, "But first, let's discuss that mustache. Unbelievable! The hard work he's really doing is the mustache. It's like the most incredible physical feat." And all they could talk about was his hair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It's. It, That's I mean, look. I would expect a mustache to grow on your face. Yeah, I guess if you, it'd be more impressive if you grew it like on your hand somehow. Like that's really where the. <laughs> well, let's talk about the real hard work he did growing that mustache on his leg. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, not great. All right. So for the elimination challenge, uh, what's one thing we know about Telluride? It is high. Do you get it? Hashtag four twenty sixty nine. So for. The elimination challenge, the chefs have to cook at altitude. It has to be high concept, high end, and of course high up in the air. Each dish must include a baked element, which is so hard. But to make it make up for the difficulty, and I, I believe this is a Top Chef first, uh, they got a day to practice their recipe. <laughs> and they got a British guy to, 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 yeah, to, to say and what you could do better. Enough, they also got advice from professional hitman, Paul LeBrant, and uh, who is the chef owner? Which of is a front for a management. That is so That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, Kyle thought he was fake. He's Kyle so thought fake. he was like a made-up man. <laughs> like does. his name might have might as well have been like Mister Brit Englishman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Brit Englishman kept making these like eyebrows, man, eyebrows people in a way that was just bizarre. But then to make all of this better. He's there as the expert on altitude because he worked. Uh, he claims to have worked at a restaurant at eighteen thousand feet, which turns really? out to be not even a little bit true. Um, what? Yeah. We this uh, again. Cr- credit to the Reddit uh, because I had not. I thought it sounded crazy, but it wasn't until someone actually like pointed out how crazy it was that I started doing research. The Wait, what? Mountain in what Europe was he? Yeah, three thousand foot. Yeah, three thousand so, foot uh, building. What, what, sorry, what was Brit Englishman's real name? Yeah, it, <laughs> Uh, his name is uh, Paul LeBrant, uh, and he, uh, uh, this is not on any of his resumes, but he claims to, he, he said he worked at uh, Courcheval, which is a ski resort and town in the Alps, which is at 1,800 meters, and that oh. might be the mistake he made, but yeah. that is less than 6,000 feet of elevation, so like similar to Denver, not that impressive, um, way lower than they were working. So it's possible, Ezra. Oh, that, that's kind of embarrassing. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Um, it's possible that he was on thirteen thousand foot tall stilts. Uh, maybe, but or in an airplane, or an airplane. It could have been an airplane over the Alps and was cooking up there. Um, I, I'm sure he just misspoke and then felt 
if he noticed, felt really embarrassed about it and just wanted to breeze right past it. It's totally possible. The The first time it's mentioned, Tom said it. So it's possible they like wrote it down wrong and it was the show's mistake. Um, also, it is possible. This is the best we could figure out is so if um, 1800 meters and because his brain is in this uh, base 10 system, he must have assumed that a meter is 10 feet. That's how he got to 18,000 feet. I don't know if that's real. That's my best credit to him way of explaining well, it. Well, I mean, it's also just altitude gets to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just the altitude in general. He just got real mixed up and he's like, woo, like having that weird altitude high you get because your brain is like dying. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. That's the only reasonable explanation. Um, it was funny to watch because we went back and watched him telling yeah. Gail and Gail was like, really? Gail's face was so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gail did some quick math and didn't want to embarrass him. Yeah. She was uh, super surprised uh, at that number, but no one questioned it. Um, definitely not true, though. I definitely didn't. And I should have. <laughs> so they brought in the uh, the fake British person to help teach them about altitude. He gave them the practice. It seems like it was working. Everybody just crushed it at altitude uh joe stash won for perfectly cooked duck with crap puffs uh crap puffs uh carrie is on the bottom for an incredible pile of unrelated food that she saw in her dreams (laughs) (laughs) and uh butterfunk has to go home for overcooked quail and incredible everything else Uh, uh well i think like less like not classy quail also right like deep fried, not classy quail. Oh, it's so. This is so. Okay. The, like almost every Top Chef judge's table comes down to the question of which is the greater sin. This week it feels like we had three sins competing. We had like messing up something because of the altitude. Um, we had uh, not incorporating your dish together in a coherent narrative. And we got um, just like mishandling, or we got uh, not being fancy enough. Those were the three. Yeah. Mm. So you didn't do the challenge, your dish wasn't coherent enough, or it wasn't fancy enough. Or I guess the first and the third of those are both parts of the challenge. So the challenge was high uh, high altitude, high end, high concept. So Carrie was missing a concept, Butterfunk uh, was missing the high endness, and uh, everybody messed up a little bit because of the altitude. Um, especially Joe Stash with his just terrible puff. And for a challenge where I guess let's start here for a challenge where everybody was incredible every dish was great how is the winner somebody who had something they hated that much I guess maybe they didn't I don't know they really didn't like that puff I thought well they thought they thought it wasn't successful but I don't know if it was like horrible yeah I guess Tom, Tom wanted more cherries and also they were mad at him for saying he'd never had a profiterol before or something Mm. That was weird. He didn't know what it was. Didn't know what it was? Yeah, it was like a weird thing to announce to the table. <laughs> and yeah, it was, I was like, you don't need to tell them that. Yeah, they didn't ask. It was like in a weird defensive tone. And you didn't have to call it that. You could have just said a puff, which is what you said you're gonna do. And then like the word vomit happened. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. oh no, Joe. He's like, I made you a puff, and they're like a puff. He's like, I've never heard of a profiterole. I can't read. definitely no one asked that Um, altitude honesty is that like a thing also I think so that's a great concept Um, so what what do you guys think it didn't work for the didn't work for Chef Paul though it's like either either you you tell the truth or you tell a a a tall tale right for Paul Uh, that's his name right Paul Lieber Oh yeah, his his tall tail. You mean about the altitude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. I guess Bruce also Brit- told Brit- me didn't work back on being afraid of seeds. Oh, that was that was oh, yeah. normal Denver altitude though. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. High, right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ez, what do you think is the bigger sin: missing the high concept, the high altitude, or the uh, high end part? Uh, I kind of have to think that like just the the quality of the food on balance like is the most important thing, basically, mm. and so like. Uh, and so I guess it must have been that the, like, I would have thought that the, I, I think that we didn't get a real accurate view of, like, how bad the profiterole actually was. Right. So, yeah. And it did I, seem I, like I the, think, the quail was pretty bad. Yeah, they I were, think like, so. really forgiving of, like, why it was overcooked, because it was an altitude thing, because it takes longer to fry stuff, and so it gets dried out on the inside. But um, it just seemed like... Uh, 
that like yeah it must just not be tasty enough i guess because of that it just i guess i'm just a little frustrated mostly because like there's one person i wanted to go home one person i wouldn't have minded that much if they went home and my two favorite people were on the bottom so i just knew i was going to be crushed no matter what happened mm. yeah sad. so i'm trying Got to it, just as the english say right? yeah as fake english person paul lebrant would say uh <laughs> we were gutted Right, I, we were not chuffed. Uh, I was just so intrigued by him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I <laughs> just mentioned <laughs> Megan completely fell out of love with me when she met Paula Brandt, her new favorite know. person in the world. <laughs> she was so into this guy dressed like um, like a nerd who just saw the Matrix. Um, and his, <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. They said he. Did you hear that part? Okay. I was like, that's amazing. You both thought that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that he looked like the Matrix. Anyway, dude, just uh, how, he was. You were so into him, Megan. I don't know. Well, he looked so, like, mean, mm-hmm. and then he wasn't mean, uh. and so I, I don't know. There was just something about the, <laughs> and then he had, a you know, his British accent. I don't know. Like, I was just like. She was, was just... 100% taken. She was as I into was Paula Brand as she was not into Butter, or to uh, Brother Luck. She was mm. just, like, all in on Paula Brandt. I, don't I know. liked him, too. I got to admit. I see it. Um, he was intriguing. Um, I just I really liked his feedback on on the dishes too. I thought he gave very thoughtful feedback. I also um, like uh, I I kind of like Wiley Dufresne, so I guess I'm in the minority on that. Um, I don't I think they're both kind of neat. Um, I like weird dudes. I guess um, that's your type. Weird. That's my type. Sarah, uh, how uh, bummed were you for Butterfunk versus how? Uh, I don't know how excited you would have been for somebody else. Like, how do you feel about the elimination? I was really bummed out about it, and I feel like, so I have no idea what all the, the things, what the differences are at, with cooking at altitude, other than the fact that it takes everything much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, just in terms of the judgment, if it's also super hard to cook duck really well <laughs> at altitude, because I was thinking maybe the, like, the in, well, yeah, and everywhere. So I was, I was thinking that probably the, like, difficulty of that execution like canceled out the like total crappiness of his profiterol and like i my girl i'm with you it was a, a <laughs> butterfunk got robbed and it like i would have loved to see him stay because i love chris and i find him so like sweet and inspiring yeah. and like i think his food always looks like the food i most want to eat oh yeah but it has to like taste good first on top chef right and it seems like above and beyond whether it was like fancy enough for this fancy requirement it seems like it didn't taste as good as the other dishes because he couldn't cook it right at altitude Mm -hmm. yeah i so i I had to like accept it but i was sad about it so bummed i guess the uh i'm I'm also been gutted if carrie had to go home um yeah although i think I think I would prefer because it felt like it felt like Chris had a he he's on a mission. Him being on Top Chef, they, like he said today, it was his, he tried out four times. They said no, and the fifth time he wasn't going to try out even when they asked him. And then his wife talked him into it, and he he's so he's put so much into this, and he has this mission, which is like he wants to be the first Michelin starred soul food restaurant, which is just such a cool mission. Um, whereas Carrie feels like. Carrie feels like she's comfortable with who she is. She's like, I found it. I'm making this pizza and this fancy toast and kale salads, and I just really like what I'm doing, and I'm representing Denver. She didn't feel like she had as much to prove to herself and to the world. So yeah. if she had left now, I think she could have said, like, I acquitted myself very well, and I just kind of wanted Chris to take it for that reason, for his story. So that's why I was a yeah, little Yeah, I do love his... Yeah, his story is... is 100% the most compelling to me. Mm-hmm. And we were yelling at him during the time, like, you know, you you got the Eagles to look forward to and you don't even know it. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Ez? Is this, is he the, the toughest elimination or is there somebody else you would have rather see go home or somebody else would have been harder for you? Um, I think Carrie would have been harder for me. Uh, I know, uh, Fatih was already pretty hard for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, I don't know if I was... On, I, I don't think we I could talk about that, that one. Without you. Yeah, that was a tough one. I, I, I don't know. Chris, Chris felt like he was generally at peace. Like, like so I, I didn't, it didn't really, like, I was, 
bummed they didn't win, but he seemed like he was, I don't know, he's just just a good put together dude. So like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like he's, I feel like he's, he got what he needed out of it. He made friends. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel bad. I don't, I don't feel, I feel like I don't feel bad for anyone. Like if anyone goes home at this point, I, I don't, like everyone. No one is like like insanely driven. I feel like and like will actually be. Everyone will be disappointed, but I don't think it's gonna kill anyone to go home at this mm, point. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I feel like everyone did well. Chris had the like Chris's uh, exit interview was <laughs> so incredibly gracious, mm-hmm. and that oh my makes God, it made me cry. such a huge difference to me. And we've said this on the show for years, which is like. Uh, winning doesn't necessarily make you in the industry as far as we can tell and losing doesn't keep you from success in any way. Mm-hmm. That like acquitting yourself well on the show and making connections and impressing pe- the judges and people watching might be more valuable in the long run than the title. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it, besides the money, Chris got everything he possibly could have out of the show. I think everybody loved him. Everybody wants to go to Butterfunk in Brooklyn. I think... Uh, uh, like, Even Padma. Padma said, like, yeah, I can't wait to come eat at your restaurant, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I would not underestimate, I would not want to underestimate the, the power of having made these other friendships in this show. I think that's probably an incredibly helpful, both as a human and also as a career thing, making these kind of connections with these amazing up-and-coming chefs has got to be really good in the long run. Totally. I mean, he just came off as such a great guy yeah. and yeah. Um, had such a, a wonderful exit interview where he was so, just so kind and yeah. Uh, Rebecca wrote in to us and said, if you didn't choke up just a bit when Butterfunk was saying his goodbyes, especially when his voice caught at the end, mm-hmm. you have no heart. Yeah, I agree. It was, oh. a, it was a really, yeah. So moving. And, it was moving. And uh, we were looking at, there's not a lot of vegetarian stuff that he makes at his uh, soul food restaurant, but we are going to go order some side that dishes. That tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. We're going to go uh, get some cornbread and some corn pudding. And oh, the brown sugar biscuits. Brown sugar biscuits. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, who needs all that delicious-looking meat if you can also have that incredible-looking cornbread? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's got to be worth a trip. Well, I was also excited. I want to try Carrie's cornbread with honey. Uh, that looked pretty awesome. Um, even if those tiny towers looked unrelated to her vegetables. Oh, we're not even talking about her dreams. Uh, I think somebody pointed this out on email, but this is the second time Carrie has conceived a dish while she was sleeping, and then it yeah. turned out great. Um. <laughs> Uh, maybe nobody. Maybe that was Reddit again. Anyway, somebody mentioned it. It's like it's the second time she had a dream dish. That's amazing. Huh. I My sometimes write. I sometimes write dream jokes, but every time I look at them later, this is not a good idea. <laughs> every time I think it's a good idea, I'm like, this is the one that's a good idea that I came up with in my sleep. This one. They're like, no, these are these are like two unconnected like you know uh, like you know, elements and cornbread. Yes, it's always <laughs> like, what if I did vegetables next to cornbread every time? <laughs> what did you guys think of her not doing the beef falling? Oh yeah, chickening out on the on the beef. I was really torn up about it because it seemed like, well, if it's a bad idea, you shouldn't do it, you know. But it. It also seemed like she sort of like got the judge's hopes up about the beef Wellington. Yeah. And yeah, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but like the the judges like to say they want you to take risks, but they also hate when you fail. So it's like they want smart risks and they want successful risks. And if she decided that this one was not the good kind of risk, um, and beef Wellington is crazy hard, right? Because you can't tell if the meat is cooked properly until you cut it, at which point it is too late. So you have to not only make this puff at altitude, you also have to cook the meat at altitude without being able to check the temperature. It is just ambitious ambitious as all hell. Plus, you're going to this Michelin-starred British chef who's going to know the difference. But it just seems like maybe it was a bad risk. It's just embarrassing that she told them. That's the only reason. If she hadn't said it, she just made this dish, they would have been blown away. Mm. Uh, is my theory. Is thoughts sorry kim's like trying to like uh perform surgery on uh his headphones and a cup of soup it worked out okay uh i would i i would have cared more about beef wellington if it was a dish i cared all about like if it was like i don't know like there's some dishes i care about some dishes i just like don't like like i care about pies like i care about sandwiches like i like soups i'm never gonna care about beef wellington i don't care if she makes it or not i've watched so if she'd if she'd promised to make a sandwich uh-huh. and she didn't make yeah. a sandwich she would have been really if there's like it's like if there's like you're like oh man like there's like a like a a, a reuben that i really think i can make was like do i want to make it for this it's such a big risk i'd be like do you have to it's a reuben yeah but if it's just, just like if it's just like it's beef wellington yeah, no, it's like it's like uh, just replace like 
I don't know. What's another thing that, that no one cares about? Um, side salad. <laughs> you promised a side salad last night. Why do you chicken yeah. out? Yeah. I just I didn't like, think I could make a side salad for Mr. Appleby. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I love Beef Wellington as a on cooking shows. I've never had one, but I love it. I have had it, my mom maybe a mushroom Wellington a couple years ago. It was incredible. Oh, shroom Wellington. Yeah, shroom Wellington was so good. But um, the uh, but uh, I I just finished watching Hell's Kitchen All Stars, and they like that's Gordon Ramsay's signature. So every season, the people are constantly every every chef has to make these Wellingtons all the whole season, and it's super hard. And so I'm just kind of in, interested in the process, I guess, a little bit. So I could would have liked to have seen it. I just. I just uh, I think she's right, but also I think it's sad that she told them that the I'm sad that they knew <laughs> that she chickened out, mm-hmm. and she didn't. Say you guys it. realize beef Wellington is basically a hot pocket, right? Yeah, it's the uh. fanciest hot pocket you can get. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> the hottest of pockets? I don't know. I'm kind of into yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, that question will have to wait till later because it is time for. That annoying tune means it's time for Megan's Mailbag. Woo-hoo. You can get in touch with Megan by sending her an email, mailbag at packyourmics.com, among other ways. Megan, what's in your bag? So much good mail <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> Needs a new tagline, but a good segment. Yeah. Um, uh, so Jay wrote to us... Um, uh, this is something we didn't talk about yet, um, but he, he said, is it possible that they went straight into the finale without the traditional break? Because oh, yeah. uh, Joe Stash looks just as hairy. Uh, so as, I think this was this your yeah. that he was going to, your prediction was that he was going to shave? That was, was, it was Kyle's. Oh, Kyle, yeah. I, who knows why I predicted or not, but it probably was not me if it was right. <laughs> no way to, no way to predict. Um, if it was right, it was probably Kyle. Did Kyle notice that he had, uh, <laughs> that he had lost that prediction that? Joe Stash is still Yeah, the because they did go straight into the finale, it seems like, because they're not going someplace else. Yeah, it looks like they just got why, in a plane to Telluride. Yeah, no one has a new haircut. Yeah. Right. Every, no one looks yeah. like they've, they're have they better slept than last they're week. Refresh their wardrobe. Or <laughs> Joe's <laughs> still wearing the same shirts. <laughs> I guess, I don't know if that was for, f- yeah. for like, creative reasons or for film scheduling reasons or... Uh, I don't know why they did the finale at a different time previously and why they crammed it all together this time, but I do like... The, I think we talked about this last week, but I like that they're in Telluride and that this feels like a Colorado-contained season in this right. way. And yeah. I think I might yeah, have it last week and you guys convinced me, and now I like it. I miss when they go to crazy places, but this seems, this seems kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah maybe that's it. It's just that they're already there, so like, just why, why leave and come back? You're, well, just, and I, you're there. I was talking last week about how Telluride looked amazing on film, and uh, sister of the show, Julia, uh, texted me after she heard me say that to say that Telluride is one of her favorite places in Colorado. She just loves it. It's just kind of a pain in the ass to get to, uh, but it's really cool looking. Uh, it's re- Apparently, it's really fun. It's got a gondola. Man, I love gondolas. They are my favorite thing, because it's like hiking without work, and you still get to stand on top of something. It's got like... Instead of hiking, you get a monorail upside down, and then you still get to stand on top of a mountain. I mean, this could not be a better thing <laughs> than, uh, for me. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Anyway. What if you have to cook inside one? It's I would not. Part of an Olympic challenge. <laughs> I would not care for that as much. That's a good point. I did not like... Man, that was, that was a dumb finale that year. Anyway, yeah. what else is in the bag, Megan? Um, Rebecca wrote in, um, and she said, quote, while not wildly creative, we're very tasty. Um, it's a quote from Wiley Dufresne. And she says, Wiley summed up the entire season with this one half of a sentence. While I've loved the season for the group hugs and harmony, it has not been the most interesting culinarily. A bit of a disappointment in this area. What do you guys think? Yeah. Do you guys agree with that? I think I do. But I do think that ultimately, yeah, I kind of I don't care because I dig it so much. Maybe this is because I'm like... I guess about half of this panel vegetarian. Mm. So most of this stuff is like not something I would be eating anyway. So maybe I'm biased. This is today is I, a heavily I'd... vegetarian panel on this show, which I'm a little ashamed yeah. to admit. <laughs> yeah. But like it just, I, yeah, I guess I am just digging like blinded by all the friendship um, because I don't think I could name like one dish past this episode, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the other toast. 
Yeah, I was going to say there's another toast. Well, the toast. <laughs> yeah, all the pasta. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess as much as I love to- toast and pasta in my real life, I agree that I couldn't go back and be like, oh man, banana scallop. Right? There was no thing that was really anchored into my brain. It was like one time he made pasta using bad equipment. That was like the most memorable. Yeah, I know. I was, I was actually just thinking about that. What about that time he made pasta and, and made, rolled it on the mandolin? Carrie made pie in a hole or, yeah. or cake in a hole. Yeah, yeah. the yeah, cake. Cu- oh, cupcakes. And it was, uh, the that episode was great. Well, and both those were like incredible innovations in everyday food. So mm-hmm. neither of them are like super memorable food. It's just super memorable that they pulled it off in a difficult situation. Right, right. Yeah. Did did a moose eat some cabbage in this ep- in this season? Is that or just, just a story that we heard about it? Yeah. Do we, we actually just, see moose? This is this is the fabled moose of Cabbage Lane. Oh, we just yeah. never got around to it. This is not Top Chef Alaska yet, though. <laughs> so <laughs> Top Chef Alaska be playable? Is that is that too? Is there well, enough? They, of I mean, they were scene? in Alaska for a part of. Um, Top yeah, Chef but Seattle. part of that finale was on a cruise ship. Yeah, and it was a easily a. Th- third of that season was in alaska so they did it already yeah i don't know um i don't know i feel like every year people are like is this year the worst chefs on top chef history and so my answer is i just assume that no i don't know Um, i assume everyone's good all the time and that we're it's hard to compare (gasps) seasons to each other and Mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean, know. I think I, we're seeing part of this through Tom's having been disappointed sort of at the end with everyone, right. how everyone was doing. Well, and I would always take hugs over, like if it's hugs and the food's eight versus tens and no one's likable. Like mm-hmm. if you traded out Carrie and Butterfunk for uh, Hung and Little Volt, it'd be a terrible season. Right? Oh, did you see Little Volt is yeah, back next Yeah, a preview about Little Volt next was? week. Oh, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> Got some more good neck tattoo on the air. Yeah, right. I was like blinded by that tattoo momentarily and then realized it was Little Vault. <laughs> I, I like Little Vault a lot. I just mean like, but he's just, he was like quiet and intense and his food is incredible. And um, he was a little competitive and so was Hung. And I like, but like both those people would not make a more exciting sh- season for me than Carrie and Butterfunk. Right. Uh, we're going to move on to mm-hmm. the segment of the mailbag that is uh, not corrections, just oh, fun yes. facts you should know. Fun facts that I don't need, and no one needs to feel bad about. No one needs to feel bad, yeah. Um, We we actually had a very special uh, mailbag writer this week, uh, Chef Jim Smith. Yay, Jim! Thank you so much for your email. We we shouted out Chef Jim last week on the show, and he noticed. That was was pretty pretty awesome to get that. Pretty much made our week, yeah. Um, we we suspect Jim had like interacted with us a couple times on Twitter, and I we weren't sure if that was just that he was h- hanging out on Top Chef Twitter or if he was actually listening to the show. And apparently, listening to the show. Hey, Jim, hey friend Jim. of the show, Jim. We can find <laughs> what up, friend Jim? Of the show, Chef Jim. Uh, so Chef, uh, Chef Jim writes: uh, Seeing the Colorado governor's mansion was fun. Many states do not have a full-time chef, so the governor may not have been insulting anyone. Because right. we were worried last week. Yeah, that- we brought him up because we were like, when he, when the governor said this is the best meal we'd had in a while, we wondered if he was insulting his normal full-time mm. chef at the mansion. And Jim pointed out that they don't all have full-time chefs. I want to mm-hmm. add to. And you know. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm I'm relieved that he wasn't insulting anyone, but. Now I'm just terrified that I've insulted Chef Jim. <laughs> oh no! Uh, quick, quick, scrub all the the back uh, catalog. <laughs> I mean, no. If 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 he's been listening to the show for a little while, he knows that we feel very fondly for him. We've been this is a very yeah. Pro, I'm pretty sure we've been pro Jim for a long time. We have, and that's but that's why uh, now we are assuming all chefs are listening to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's part of our new uh, theory. Um, oh wait, do, do we say anything? Uh, so the, remember, we're tuning on the on the. I was the a little harsh on the British. Yeah. Well, also the the the, the British guy whose name I still can't remember. Oh, I don't know um, if any of the judges are listening. Paul Lebrant is probably not listening, or if he is, also it's, it's if from he his is castle in the sky. Yeah, just know that I'm very intrigued by you, no. <laughs> Chef Paul. I don't like the way that's going. Um, <laughs> I want to, add, um, to add to that, more insider information. Sister of the show, Julia, also wrote in to say. Just to be clear, because the show wasn't, the governor of Colorado does not actually live in the governor's mansion. So he's not, he does he's not a full-time resident, which is also apparently Ooh, a thing in some cheating. places. It's just sort of an event. Yeah, it's basically an event space. It seems mm-hmm. like it's for it's a oh, ceremonial cool. mansion, not a home mansion. Hmm. 
which does seem kind of nice because having your cer- like having your house be also for ceremonies all the time and it might get a little weird yeah totally totally um, but look at all the all these knowledgeable people listening to the show writing in fun facts that no one has to feel guilty about it's really sweet <laughs> um uh, jay also wrote in uh with the fun facts we don't have to feel bad about um uh, and said finalists can also be fan f- favorites. Witness Sheldon. Yeah. So we had a little bit of a discussion. This is Jay number one, uh, a friend of the show, Jay number one. And uh, he had mentioned that you could have people who were doing well or even winning being uh, the fan favorites. And I, not, not that I think you can't, I just, or like, not that I think it's against the rules. I just feel like since it's money, it should be somebody who didn't just win the 125 grand. So I just want that to be a consolation prize. I don't think you should have winner and fan favorite. And because of that, I kind of want it to be either somebody who's not in the finals because the voting closes before the you know who wins, I think. Or it's got to be like the person... Or it's like the person who should have won and it's like you get the winner and then judge's choice or whatever. I don't know. I'm not against... I don't think it's illegal. I just think... I I just want it to be Foddy. That's all. I just yeah. want Fonima to yeah. get it. I mean, I'm almost certain it will be. It seems like it. It seems. I'm not seeing any, at least in the places that, like, Top Chef Twitter or Reddit, or Reddit no one's pushing hard for anybody else. Although Butterfunk's up there for me Yeah, now. I mean, there's no... Yeah, Butterfunk. Yeah, there's, like, no wrong choice. But I just feel well, like Fati is the clear right choice. choice. There's one wrong... Well, there's two wrong choices. There's one, and then there's <laughs> the one that we put our lasers on when the other one was gone. <laughs> They're probably both listening to the show. They're all great people. Yeah, they're not listening. I'm not going to say who because I'm assuming they're both listening. Um. (laughs) I like all of you. I'm just thinking of you as characters sometimes and not as people. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Megan. Um, So some exciting news was announced this week. Yeah, we're going to talk about this more in our closing thought. Uh, or, Or we could just do it now. Yeah. Go for it. Exciting news this week. Uh, so the next location for the next season of Top Chef was announced, and it is... Did you guys see this? Yes. Cool. Wait. Ez, did you see it? Wait, no. We're breaking news right now uh, <laughs> to each other. Uh, next season of Top Chef will be filmed in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Oh. Season 16. And you know what? I think... Kyle said it best. What do we have to do to get a Nashville season? I, I, I mean, move to Kentucky? I don't know. <laughs> move it to Kentucky? Uh, That's no disrespect to Kentucky. It just like it seems like if they were going to go like to that stretch of the country again, it's, it was a bit surprising that it wasn't Nashville. I did see, uh, I saw some other people say, suggesting some more things, and I definitely see the logic of Nashville. Nashville seemed like a great one to put on there. Um, but I will tell you, I mean, I, I can answer him. Uh, what you need to do is give $100,000 to the production team of Top Chef from your marketing uh, department of your city. Like, that's what it is. Mm. Like, it's, it's not Ooh. just what's a good food place to highlight. It's like, what's a good food place to highlight? They will give us all of the tax breaks we need. Yeah. Lake Cumberland? Kentucky? I didn't know that was, that was a place. Is that one of, the, a place. one of the cities they mentioned? Well, now you to? know. Yeah. And they, and they bought, Louisville, Lexington, and Lake Cumberland. They're, they're on the map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They bought their way onto your map as they figured it out. They got in your way. Huh. I, I think Colorado, we've said this before, I think Colorado is one of the best places at, like in terms of acquitting themselves on the show as a marketing thing. Colorado's made me want to go to Colorado more than other places. Whereas Seattle, I loved until I saw the show there. <laughs> made me want to not go to Seattle anymore. Well, the reason I bring this up now is that... That's not true. That was just a joke. Sorry, Sarah. (laughs) Cheryl Cheryl is very excited about um, Top Chef Kentucky. Uh, She writes, I live in Louisville and work across the street from the Brown Hotel where the hot brown was invented. Oh, yeah. The hot brown. Yeah, definitely know what that is. What what is hot brown? I mean, whatever it is. We'll guess before we look it up. Well, Cheryl says... let's Let's all guess. Megan, what do you think a hot brown is? Uh, hot chocolate. Ooh, good guess, uh, Sarah. I think it's an open-faced sandwich covered in some type of gravy. Ooh, <laughs> I was gonna, oh, can I split the difference? I think it's just a cup of gravy that you drink with a, with a straw. Oh no! I think it's a sex. <laughs> now we're back to those donuts. <laughs> I think it's a sex thing. What is it? Let's let's, let's Google. Well, I'm Kentucky not hot, hot brown. brown. That's dangerous. Oh, um, this doesn't look like anything we said. Oh, let's, oh it's, it's a an sandwich? open-faced sandwich. Um, 
The American hot sandwich created at the <gasps> Brown Hotel in Louisville. It does not seem to have gravy. It seems to be melted cheese with bacon on it. More nay sauce. Oh. It's more nay sauce. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. is, uh, no. It seems like a lot of meat. Oh, it's, like, it's like a bechamel sauce. Uh, yeah, like bechamel. I'm okay with this. Yeah, that's that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, then you like more sauce, man. Oh well, so it's a it's a as with everything that's a, created in America, it's just a slight twist on a Welsh thing. Um, it's a Welsh rarebit. <laughs> wait, wait, please tell me how our democracy is just a slight twist on a Welsh thing. <laughs> I didn't mean I wasn't gonna say Welsh. And baseball like also. Everything we stole and just uh, made a little bit worse from other places, uh, but y- not y- I can't. Not Wales specifically. Not well. Not, not Wales in particular. Like. We, we got democracy. We were like, hey, you know how the Greeks did it? What if we did that, but a lot of empty farmland got extra votes? And a little more bacon. And then, <laughs> yeah, we also made it open faced for some reason. <laughs> um, well, as Cheryl thinks, there's, there's no way they won't end. As? There's a documentary called Sandwiches That You Will Like on PBS. <laughs> oh, Ezra, happy birthday. <laughs> yes. It, it came a couple weeks late. This is totally good. That's, oh my god, well, that's fun. Is, is it recent? What? No, 2012. Is it a whole hour? Is a whole hour that I've missed for, for for 15 years of my life? I could have. Oh man, these are all great sandwiches, <laughs> guys. Are they sandwiches you've never heard of? Some of them I don't know. Oh, excellent. Yeah, uh, beef on weck. Uh, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound great. Uh, well, I mean, it's probably got some beef in it. I like that. Uh, Mufaletta, I had, I've had that. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a hot brown, chipped ham, primanti. I'm going to skip pig ears and snouts. Uh, well, also, I like, I don't, I don't know what chipped ham is, but of all the ways you can cut ham, that seems like the least efficient. (laughs) Chiseled out. Yeah, it's got an ice chisel and a hammer. You're just like, little bits of, little bits of ham. But the sandwich is in there. You just have to carve away everything that's not the sandwich. That's true, man. I do love a po' boy. Po' boy is my favorite. Yeah. New Orleans, rep- like the South, represents well for for this for the sandwiches and for everything. Like, right? I mean, it does feel like everywhere I go, for like every new place that in town is doing Southern whatever. Every every new brunch place is Southern brunch. Um, and Butterfunk was having a discussion with Carrie, I believe, about how like Southern food is the american only like true american cuisine with adrian with adrian yeah yeah with adrian and because she's she said she is opening a southern restaurant oh yeah i mean yeah it's having a moment right now that's one of the reasons i'm excited to go to kentucky want to see more southern stuff i'm stoked about kentucky i i there's going to be a hot brown uh challenge there's going to be obviously (laughs) oh i hope there's a julep pairing exactly. it's definitely going to be a julep type or create your own special drink that looks worse than it oh tastes. there's we get be, a derby there's definitely Dur- going Dur- oh, Dur- yeah, to be one where they cook horse um there's oh. <laughs> the, the loser or the winner i probably know the answer to that <laughs> uh no there's got to be a derby one and uh i don't think i like horse racing per se but i do like a day of hats um, oh my god, the hats. Citywide the hats, hats that Padma will wear. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Padma in all the hats. But it'll be nowhere near when the actual Kentucky Derby is happening. So no one else in town will be wearing those hats. But they'll pretend oh. it's Derby Week. I yes. like it. But I feel like like as far as like American like traditions, places to go, experiences, uh um Fat Tuesday in New Orleans and Derby Week in Kentucky, just they s- seem like uh, things not to be missed. Having never done either, they just seem like quintessential American things I'd like to see. Um, I'm stoked about Kentucky. Uh, Cheryl's looking forward to uh, looking at the Brown Hotel across mm-hmm. the street from her work one day and seeing a beautiful glow coming through the window. And from there will Gail? be Padma oh, dressed in bad. her grandmother's tablecloth, but still looking perfect <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I'm sorry oh I interrupted yeah. this perfectly written email with my dumb joke. Great work. <laughs> oh, that's Speaking of um, Gail and Padma, what did we think of um, Gail's, Gail's ice shoulder? princess fur shrug she was wearing? It was very frozen. It was very frozen. Yeah. Wasn't it crazy? <laughs> I, uh, I was wondering what the temperature was because she was wearing what made it look like it was very warm out. And then she added um, the uh, polar bear... Uh, fur, and I thought maybe it was actually cold the whole time, and everyone was just playing it cool. Um, 
I'm yeah. sure it was cold. It's got to be there. cold, right? It's telling yeah. you, right? It's in the. It's at. It's at twenty five thousand feet. It's got to be really cold <laughs> up there. It's on the moon. That's the thing about that restaurant. Anyway. Uh, all right. Sorry. Well, well. One last thing. Yes. Um, Allie wrote in. She's been listening to the show. She's uh, listening to some back episodes to catch up. Ooh. Um, love it. And she. Uh, she just wanted to let us know because we were talking about Radlers a while back when oh, they yeah. had the Radler challenge. That, um, in case no one else mentioned it already, tea Radlers are a delicious thing. Mm. Um, and she pointed Ooh. us to a, a website, the Owls Brew Radler, where they have Radlers made out of tea and they look delicious. So, Sarah, you're the Radler fan among us, I believe, right? Uh. Yeah, but I've never tried a, t- a tea rattler. That sounds really interesting. I'm going to have to check those out. I don't always love cold tea. Mm. Um, yes, you may call it iced tea. <laughs> but I do love alcohol. So maybe maybe that combination will balance it out. Maybe I'll win you over. They have a seasonal mm-hmm. short and stout. Uh, stout blended with organic chai spices, coconut, and pineapple. Oh, yeah. okay. That sounds good as hell. I'm going to try that yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. None of those words sound good to me. So I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope oh. this hits the right people in the right way. <laughs> All right. That's the mailbag. That's the mailbag. That's the mailbag. If you want to submit to Meg's mailbag, you can send us an email mailbag at packyourmics.com. We're also available on a bunch of social places and you can just send us feedback from the website. And thank you to everybody for listening and for sending in mail. Woo. Um, it's uh, we. Our, my final thought was going to be about Kentucky, but we we covered that pretty well. Does anybody else have any closing thoughts before we go, or any bold predictions for our last couple episodes? Hmm. How, yeah, how many are left? Have a, yeah. Are there three left? Four left? According to the website, there are three web, three episodes left, which seems like a long finale to me. But um, I yeah, guess there are four chefs still, so that means there's going to be a two person final finale. But I kind of like to kind of hang on tell you right for that long. Anyway. Or maybe yeah, it could be well, two episodes and then the last slot on the, the the website says there's an episode could be like a reunion show or something that we're not that into, but I don't know. Uh, I have a bold prediction I'd, I'd love from husband of the podcast, Kyle. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, writing in from we don't know where. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere mysterious. Um, he had a dream last night. Oh, just like <laughs> Yeah, I know, guys, just wait. Where he heard some, like, shitty L.A. moms talking to their kids about going to Butterfunk. Oh. Oh. And he remembers one clearly said, my personal trainer is going to be mad at me for going to Butterfunk. (laughs) So, his bold prediction is that Chris is going to franchise Butterfunk. Wow. Based on this prophetic dream. Mm -hmm. And they seem, I mean, these dreams seem to be working really well in this season. So I'm like inclined to agree with Kyle on this one. It seems like destined to happen. I don't love uh, telling people about my dreams, but I did have a really vivid, like the emotions of a sex dream, but it wasn't a sex dream. It was just about (laughs) wanting hash browns. And I woke up oh. with some, oh, and it was good. <laughs> like an emotional affair with hash browns in a dream. I, yeah, like I, I just woke up with that. Le- it was, and it was like it was filmed like a food show. It was like super close up on the like frying in a pan. And the, in the dream, it was mostly me like trying to talk, explain to somebody why ketchup is great. Um, <laughs> I don't, there's so much to unpack here. I know, I know, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> most importantly, though, I woke up, made hash browns. Great day. So I guess I'm like Carrie. Also, I conceived of a whole dish. <laughs> having hash browns <laughs> and they were great with ketchup man mm, ketchup <laughs> everybody knows ketchup is great right it's sweet when you're eating salty th- anyway i don't know it's got a little bit of tang it's just a good co- combination ketchup is good alex good no uh, question although i don't love ketchup chips have you guys had ketchup chips i know we just what? lost all our oh. canadian listeners but i do not care for ketchup chips i tried them when i Ketch- liked them come back do they call it ketchup they don't they, are, are they, they called ketchup with ketchup chips as Wait, why are they not called ketchups? I I couldn't tell you that, but it's like the most popular flavor of chip in Canada. Interesting. Also, I mean, it's basically like ran- fries you don't have also, to dip. Also, ranch chips are just called American flavor, which I kind of like as a thing we're known for. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I would I would put not just cuz they're sponsors of Top Chef, but I would be willing to put a little bit of uh, ranch seasoning on our flag. 
think that yeah. would be very reasonable. <laughs> just a sprinkling of some ranch dust. Um, as do you have a bold prediction? I can always count on you. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Hidden Valley sponsors uh, the finale. Everything has to be ranch flavored. Every <laughs> that would be an aggressive sponsorship. Like we're paying for and everything. and you have to make a dessert. Ew. And that's like some chopped level shenanigans. That level. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah. Uh, all right. Was that bold, bold enough? Yeah, I, it is. I can, I can add some. I can add some like barbecue sauce if you want to be bolder. Uh, could you make it cooler with some ranch? <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, if any of those things happen, we will talk about them next week on Pack Your Mics. Or, uh, or we'll forget. Or we will forget we said this. Um, subscri- you can subscribe to the show. Uh, at packyourmics.com. Uh, also find us in the I- Apple to- uh, Podcast Store in Google Play. Review the show if you enjoy it. Let people know about it. Um, or just review it or give it a star rating. That's how people can find out. We really appreciate it. And uh, we really especially appreciate all the people who are going back to the back episodes. If you're, That's one of the great things about the show. We've forgotten about Season 12, but our podcast feed hasn't. So you can dig it up and go through it in real time with us. Um I guess Chris couldn't make it, but I'll just I'll just text him and let him know to pack his mics and go, right? <laughs> yeah, It'll, yeah. It's for the best. I'll break it to him easy. Or we could just ghost him, I guess. Like, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Podcast. Wait, how do we tell someone they've been ghosted? Back. That'd be really hard. I guess that's true. Uh, we just go, ooh. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Stupid. All right. Uh, and also, uh, <laughs> tell uh, Sarah and the rest of your family that we enjoyed having them on the show for a minute. As. Oh, sorry. I didn't know which Sarah. Sorry. Uh, tell your Sarah and oh, the rest no, of your no. family that we miss them. And, and, and new Sarah, please tell Kyle that we miss him as well. I will. I'll pass that along wherever he is. I'll let him know. Can't wait to hear about <laughs> his thoughts on, more thoughts on Kentucky and his dreams. Uh, all right, everybody. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ugh, so quiet. We'll try it again. Nailed it. First time every time.